Welcome to the Wild Podcast. And welcome back to the Wild Podcast. My name is Roxy Rogan and I'm your host today. And today our special guest on the show is Larissa Rose. Welcome, Larissa. Hey, Roxy and everybody listening. (laughs) So glad to have you here. Thanks so much for coming on. So why don't you just introduce yourself to our audience a little bit and tell them what do you do and maybe where you're from? Yeah, sure. Perfect. I am Larissa Rose. I'm an environmental consultant Mm. and I am the director of my own uh, business company called Glowing Green Australia. So uh, that started about 11 years ago. So we're an environmental consultancy company. We're actually um, based on the uh, east coast of Australia in a place called the Gold Coast. And we do a lot of um, environmental management and assessment work. So just to not go too deep, but Mm. two parts of our business model really is around one side is the environmental um, consultancy part, which is really around reporting, regulations, ensuring um, that the management of our earth and water spaces is being done correctly um, Mm. as per legislation, whether that's at a local council level, state level, and all the way through to a federal level. Um, And so we do all of that sort of reporting work, ecological assessment work, all the way through to environmental education. Mm. Um, That's the other portfolio inside of our work. So we embed um, environmental education programs and curtail them for different age brackets, all the way through from early learning um, to big humans who might (laughs) need to change their, um, you know, internal policy, say a company's changing and doing a new environmental policy program, we'll go in and support um, staff and employees also to get a greater, wider understanding on why it's important to do this new policy change that might be happening, a new program, and educate them on that. So that's a big part of that. And I have a a specific master's degree that's on environmental management, Mm. um, but also more specifically renewable fuels and biofuels. So Mm. I'm very big, um, play a representative role in Australia, advocating for the uptake and use of low carbon fuels cool. and yeah I'm a lecturer and that's probably enough to talk about <laughs> that part of my portfolio. <laughs> that's you in a little nutshell well you're definitely a woman with a lot of hats and I love that and to be honest all of those things that you were talking about that you cover in your work are so important everything from the policies to the education to re-educating as you said maybe big big humans as to you know new ways of looking at the world um so taking on all of that is a big deal where did the drive come from like is this something you've always wanted to do as a kid um being involved with the environment is this something that develops later in life like where did this drive to make this awesome business come from yeah, that's um, perfect. Well, I haven't always been an environmental consultant all my life. It yeah. came through um, in my late 20s. I sort of worked out my thing, mm. which is perfect. So to so everyone out there, it's okay that you're yes. not all over your career sometimes, okay? Yeah. It makes you and shapes you sometimes to have a few different careers behind your belt. Yeah. Um, so the actual catalyst, the epiphany for that whole change was I was already starting to nudge into doing some work with like environment and environmental like energy sort of companies and stuff. Mm. And there was a newspaper article that was on the back of the local newspaper. And it was this Mm. gentleman who'd come to the 
Gold Coast and was testing a new like technology, which was a wave movement technology, mm-hmm. where you use um, the movement of waves to cr- push a turbine and create energy and mm-hmm. a clean, obviously completely renewable form of energy. And um, he was doing trials on the Gold Coast. And I saw this article and I read it and I was like, that is just crystal moment for me. That oh, is where wow. I'm going. I need to meet this person. So I ripped out that article. I stuck it in a yellow envelope and wrote my new job Mm. and then researched a lot about the industry and sector, the bio industry, um, further got more articulated environment, started getting my degrees going on. And um, I met with this guy like five months later, his name rocked up on a conference that was coming to the Gold Coast, met him, said I wanted to meet with him. And then about a month after that, I started working for him. Wow. And then that just led me through did my degrees, did my master's, I did um, more articulated postgraduate degrees sort of on carbon management. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so there was a bit of a flip. It was that newspaper article. That's so cool. I love (laughs) that. That's so amazing. And it's, I love that you pointed out just before, you know, saying to people that, you know, your passion or your drive or your real maybe purpose in life can come later. It doesn't have to come as soon as you leave high school because, I think there's so much pressure these days, or maybe it's been forever, who knows, to know what Mm. you want to do as soon as you leave school. So it's nice to know that, you know, something like a newspaper article can change your life and you can just go on this new path and, and now here you are. So Glowing Green Australia is your company and you said you've had this for 11 years now? Yeah, yeah, yep, correct. So 11 years um, and that's worked really well around me, obviously, um, raising a family as well. Mm -hmm. And then I've also, you know, taken board of director and leadership roles, being on industry bodies and associations and really driving that discussion piece, I guess, on a bigger political arena, the Mm -hmm. importance of pushing for lower carbon fuels um, to be used in Australia mm-hmm. and reduce our dependency on importing um, oil, which which is what makes fuel for your cars. So, yeah. um, and that has come with a really great win. So um, another thing to let any human out there know <laughs> that you just have to push yourself because you, if you don't ask, you don't know. Mm. In my master's degree, I wrote a research paper around biofuels mm. and the economic viability for Australia and comparative to other countries around the world who are just yeah. kicking kicking butt on yeah. using biofuels to divest and not have so much yeah. oil and from a fuel security issue. And um, I wrote this paper and went, uh, the only politician I know in Australia who talks about biofuels is, um, and believe me, I'm apolitical here, so yeah. don't think I'm dancing <laughs> on one. I have to be apolitical in my yeah. career. With Bob Catter, who's a federal politician in Australia mm-hmm. who talks a lot about biofuels and the importance of, you know, ethanol production and um, making ethanol to help um, remove our dependency. Mm. And um, I thought I would just contact his chief of staff and let him know or he, she could let him know that I wrote this paper if they wanted to ever read it. And he did. And then I oh. met him a month later. And then after that, a month after that, I worked in Canberra and pushed for Australia to federally have policy. Yes, girl, yes. And then <laughs> I went to Queensland state government and worked and helped lobby um, for Queensland to get a biofuel mandate, which mm-hmm. is like a policy that states certain amount of fuel now in Queensland must be ethanol, E10. You'll see oh, nice. E10 at the service yeah, station. Yeah, yeah. And um, we got it over the line. <gasps> That's amazing. And that is so, just so great. Just the mum on the Gold Coast who was like, oh, I should send it. If I don't send I it, I don't know. Should. 
And you know what? That is just such, that is so great to anyone who's like, oh, you're a living example of one person can make a difference. Like just taking that, obviously there's lots of people involved in the whole process, but taking that yeah. first step, it can be the scariest thing to do. And you need a whole lot of courage and guts and grit and just do it, but it can really make a difference. And so that's really inspiring to hear that. Um, I might just want to take it back just a step. And do you just want to explain to our listeners who maybe um, don't know a huge amount about renewable energy? Can you just explain as to why it maybe is such a great thing for um, the environment and, and why, you know, why are we pushing to have that, especially here in Australia? Yeah, sure. So um, every country in the world obviously has a dependency on energy. And we most of the time we know energy really is like, first of all, electricity. Um, but how we produce energy. So um, there's a few different forms we have here in Australia. So we call that an energy matrix. So it's mm -hmm. like, well, what is the components? How is it made up? So in Australia, we're very resource minerals orientated and yeah. we've got a lot of coal. So we produce a lot of electricity from coal. Um, and the other form of energy is fuel, how we move everything around the backbone of Australia. Yeah. Um, so we're highly reliant on um, oil, so liquid fossil fuels. Mm. Um, so obviously they're not renewable forms of energy. Mm. So um, there's an opportunity for countries who are very heavy energy intensive like Australia is to be able to use alternatives to offset the amount of that dependency that we have on a fossil type of form. So we've got mm. gas, um, like mineral, obviously we've got all different types of forms of, we've got liquid, minerals, rocks, gas, everything like that. So yeah. that stuff makes energy and helps us build stuff and make stuff and move mm. cars around and ship and freight and fly and yeah, get everything. food into the centre of <laughs> Australia and push trains and all sorts of things. So yeah. We need to think about that energy intensity and how do we offset it. So, therefore, obviously, sun helps um, stop our dependency on mm. coal-fired because we can make electricity out of that. Yeah. Um, wind, we've got all those normal everyday ones that should be a little bit more common now yeah. for everybody to understand renewable. Yeah. So, it's renewable. It comes yeah. back again and again and again. And then um, – with fuels, it's a tricky one because we know we've got electrification now and cars can be yeah. electrified. So they're not actually needing to get filled up with oil and yeah. fuel. But obviously the electricity, Still, if it's coming yeah. from coal, it's like, mm, yeah. it's good because there's less emissions at the tailpipe because you're not yeah. using liquid fuel. But so just for the audience to know, renewable energy is something that can offset our normal fossil fuel. And obviously renewable means that it can keep happening and coming and it doesn't have impact on our environment or takes mm. away something that can't be replaced yeah so the sun is going to be there and the wind's going to be there yeah. and we can grow products that can be um fermented to make a replacement fuel mm. so that's that's what we call when we talk about having a renewable form of energy yeah thank you for yeah. explaining that because i think that's just great to remind people of really the basics of things like that because it's so important and I'd really, I mean, I would love to see Australia, um, you know, pick up our game in terms of renewable energy and really be at the forefront of the world in um, renewable energy. So thank you to people like you and your business. Hopefully we'll be getting one step closer to all of that. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Well, another question I wanted to ask you, which is something that I've been getting, um, you know, people have been asking me quite a lot recently just with the state of our planet and coronavirus is do we believe or do you think that coronavirus 
has helped the environment or do you think it is you know um made the impacts worse yes um it's great a big question, question big one, it is yeah. and it's um obviously I've been pinned on this one quite a lot as well yeah. so I guess what it comes down to is um, the way that we're determining or trying to gauge, like what's the metric? So what that means is, is like, well, how are we judging that? Are we mm. going to judge it from air quality? Mm. Yep. Okay. So there's less passenger cars on the road, but greater heavier transport and mm. medium like fleet, like the small mini trucks to the bigger trucks are on the road because obviously online and that side of things has gone up. Okay. And then obviously from an environment perspective, we've had a reduction of um, emissions and contrails and stuff like that in the air, which has given an ability for us to have a lot more better air quality clarity in the atmosphere, Mm -hmm. Um, but also the uh, less amount of vehicles in heavy impacted places like obviously the Himalayas all of a sudden opened up like, whoa. Yeah, that was crazy. See Mm. it from a distance. (laughs) Um, And the thing about the Venice and the canals, like that's just a turbulent water kind of thing at the end Mm. of the day. Yes, ecologically, obviously the water can rehabilitate and any microbes that are in there that could probably get a little bit more of a chance to grow and cultivate. The water's clearer. Um, the sediment has settled, the yeah, sludge, I did so to speak. That. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, um, all the boats are going all the time, which means, yeah, everything. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, you know, it's like it kind of can offset. It's very hard to get those metrics at the moment, but obviously with visual component you can see a difference and then if we're talking about, you know, behaviour management with waste and waste streams, obviously that's horrendously gone up mm. um, and our dependency on that. So it's a really it's a really tricky one because obviously on one thing we've shined a light and realised um, the less impact of vehicles and cars and transport because transport's one of the biggest emission contributors yeah. to the global emissions in the world. So that reduction obviously reduction and need as many fossil fuels from passenger car fleet mm. or little mopeds and stuff yeah. that are buzzing around in asian countries mm. um but then all of a sudden heavy truck and transport and shipping's had to go through the roof even yeah. more and he- shipping is very heavy um uh, carcinogenic fuels that are used mm. to um ship as well so I, I sort of like I think we can and can't answer it I think we've got to get a lot more data that's got to come through mm. from the International Energy Agency and the UN and everything like that the environment program to kind of really get a gauge and understanding what was good what did we notice difference in but the ramifications post yeah well, we're not really post-COVID now yeah. COVID's still hovering around yeah. but yeah like what are those other longer term effects um mm. obviously landfills quite solid now yeah I know right so I mean yeah again thanks for answering that so well because it's true as well I kind of said similar things to people who asked me I was like we're still in the middle of it it's not like I can give some solid answer but I think it's good to talk about it because I know I think a lot of the people who were asking me about it were also maybe um talking about the waste factor like you just mentioned and that can be really overwhelming. So for people who are maybe very good at being uh, low waste um, and being very environmentally friendly, COVID happens and it kind of throws everything out the window a little bit. And that can be really tricky. Um, So I know that you work with um, some young people as well. And something I would like to ask you is when, when people in general really are feeling overwhelmed with the state of the planet, 
Is there something that you would give as advice to how to deal with that whilst, you know, um, still being able to feel mobilised to do something, you know, to help the environment? Yeah, as in just a general question, like yeah. whether COVID's around or not. Yeah. Because yeah. um, everything's always like, yeah, oh, well, what's, the, what's the layer of yeah, well, now with yeah. COVID contaminated over <laughs> I know, the it's just it. like extra. <laughs> yeah, like general business as usual behaviour with that question really is um, overwhelmed on environmental impact. Um, there's so many different yeah angles on this. Okay, so let's talk about it from... Um, are we going to talk about it a little bit more from everyday consumables? Like if people are really overwhelmed, are they overwhelmed because they're not taking self-ownership and management around waste and the impact they're doing or overwhelmed from the perspective of all this crazy stuff is going, why are forests still getting knocked down in Tasmania? Like what happened with that forest overseas or is yeah. that sort of what perspective are you? Yeah, well, that's what that's more like what I've been getting asked. And so it would be nice to hear your opinion on it because people, when people ask me, like, I'm so overwhelmed about everything, I think it's an accumulation of a lot of things, but it's like the overwhelming state of everything and, and how do they kind of bring themselves back to being able to know what they can do to make a difference. Yeah, well, I guess that's that thing, um, taking self-ownership. Mm. And if you you can own and control that, yeah. And as long as you feel like you're socially and environmentally ethically aligned to your best capabilities, mm. given what you can do, and that self-analysis, I guess, on going, okay, well, um, taking a bit of an audit and understanding on, well, what do we do? What do we buy? Do we really need to buy it like that? Are we just being lazy? Should we make better consumption choices? Should we buy more bulk? Um, are we not? Are we not doubling up our driving pathways? We're not just strategically planning our diaries better. Mm. Um, just stuff like that sometimes because complacency kicks in for all of us, whether we're super duper environmentally um, conscious or not. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess because um, sometimes it is overwhelming, like when all of a sudden you might hear something about, you know, we've still done dumped so much more waste or a new landfill's getting dug open again in Australia, another hole that we can yeah. um, fill in. So, yeah, I think it's just you've got to just bring it back to yourself because at the end of the day, you it's like your personality and how you want to treat another humans in your in your mm-hmm. life. You know, you've got a choice to be the person who people go, oh, my God, that person's such an A-butt and I don't mm-hmm. like them and they've really got bad ethics and you've left it, you've made a choice to leave that mark. Yeah. And I sort of think the same way with your environment Mm. perspective like you can only do what you want to do and um yes it's a bit hard to know sometimes like why the hell is that forest still getting locked down like seriously when like we've been fighting for tasmanian forests for like forever franklin river yeah it's like um like so yeah. yeah, it's a tricky one. It really is. But I think you just got to get back to the micro level. Yeah. What can I do to take ownership? Mm. Yeah. I really like that you've said that because I know from watching your Instagram stories, you're a very organized lady and I know that maybe lists and all this stuff really work for you. And I love that that is also a great way to kind of bring it back to your, as you said, micro level and plan it out because, you know, you might find that things are being really overwhelming and um, you can change maybe a few things in your day-to-day life and you're, you know, increasing your positive impact on the environment just by changing a few things here and there. Um, so, yeah, I think if anyone's listening and they are feeling super overwhelmed, just come back to yourself and your micro level and, yeah, see what you can do 
in each day. So that's that's great advice. Yeah. 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 And so tell us more about um, Glowing Green Australia. Do you guys have anything coming up in the future? Any exciting projects? Like what's happening with you guys during this COVID time at the moment? Yeah, we've had a um, couple of great things happen for us mm. in 2020. Um, um, first one is we actually have um, received an awesome um, federal government grant, which we pitched Ooh. for, obviously, an environment grant program, which we fully curtailed and wrote, nice. which was all outcome-based for primary school students to really have a greater understanding on the importance of environmental science, yeah. on data collation oh, and cool. how that actually aligns to waste stream management mm-hmm. and um, doing waste audits and how we write waste plans, but also how we push and advocate for change as well. So it's all well and good to teach all these other skill sets, mm. but the power of knowing that you can make change. Yeah. So you need data sometimes to support that. So we've built a program which is going to um, be officially released um, like loudly through media with yep. the minister very soon, but I can totally talk about it on here cool. and speak about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's already been released, but we haven't done the, the yeah, hoo-ha the on big, it. But um, yeah. awesome program, but it was about doing incursions in schools, yeah. teaching about environmental science and management all the way from early learning centres through to grade six at school here yeah. um, in Queensland. And then um, we were running excursions. So we pick up the kids and take them Cute. to the site and they work with our environmental scientists to do the waste management, collect data, put it all together, do some cool reports, um, and then also be able to pull like a report together and work with our team to know the importance of the impacts of um, built environments on our natural waterways. So that's from stormwater runoff, yeah. um, stormwaters that don't have sieves or pits to be able to collect mm. waste that's blown. So just teaching yeah. them about that and we need data to advocate and push for change. Mm. So, yeah, that was fantastic. So we had the beginning of the year and released it and then went, oh, we're not going to be able to go into schools and teach that now. Yeah. So <laughs> we've had to fully change and yeah. flip and um, now we've done all e-learning resources yeah. um, and providing that as online content and teaching so the same thing and providing that. So that's super exciting. So we've now finally had to, like, pedal really hard yeah. to get that finished <laughs> for the end of the year because yeah. we had to get sign off to change it again. Mm. And um, so that's, yeah, really super exciting. We've been able to support a lot of interns. Glowing Green Australia mm. are really big on building the leaders of the future, and that's just not our amazing young superhumans, but also the ones who are at university. Um, Obviously, we take interns and giving them, um, we do a lot of mentoring work, but Mm. obviously give them skill sets in their internship to be able to understand and and build leadership in our sector, obviously bridging that coursework to industry, how we write reports or um, how to manage stuff. And, yeah, and I guess that's sort of myself as the um, director of the business really does work on one-on-one as much as I can with the interns um, because a lot of it does come back to Roxy. Mm. Being able to be really progressive um, and know, you know, where you're going and where you want comes down to a lot of self-worth and value stuff. Yeah, it does. So we find a lot of the time when we're doing all our work with our interns over usually 10 weeks, mm. it's um, it's a self-development process as yes. well and, and building confidence to go, I'm so going to DM that person on yeah. LinkedIn. And ask if I can work with them because, as we say, if you don't ask, you don't know. Yes. You know, that's purely it. So, 
Yeah, so we've um, done well. We've taken on a fair few interns. How exciting. And that's been great. And we've got some really great awards we've been acknowledged for this year that align to our work, you know, with students and employability and doing a lot of mentoring. So it's been it's been great and we've been super busy which has been yeah. fantastic too <laughs> I was about to say like some, for some people obviously COVID's been a very quiet kind of year for for a lot of people but it sounds like you guys have just been hustling the whole year you got very very busy but that is so exciting I love the thing about the um the kids that will just be so so great because they're the future leaders of this world and it's so important, you know, to educate them and, and do all that. And the internship program sounds amazing too. So how can, I mean, this is a great, great way to wrap it up. Um, how can people connect with Glowing Green Australia and yourself on online, your website? What's the best way to connect with you guys? Yeah, um, you can go to the website and definitely um, fill in a form kind of thing there mm-hmm. um, or you can totally email us at admin at glowinggreen.com.au. Yep. But obviously we're on socials. Yes. Um, I'm not on Snapchat or TikTok, okay? Yeah, neither, it's okay. <laughs> neither is the company. <laughs> um, but pretty much on every other form of platform. Yep. Um, obviously I've got my own personal public Instagram, which you can totally follow me on if you – really need a supercharge on being super accountable and productive yeah. in your life. I am definitely your woman to mm-hmm. do that because I have three kids as well, so there's no excuse yeah. mode. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then obviously Glowing Green Australia is on Facebook and Instagram yeah. and all of that. So, yeah, DM, we can reach out. We're totally approachable. Um, we're not over the top crazy, crazy corporate or anything where it yeah. takes 30 layers to get through to us. That's nice. That's nice and um, I'm always happy to do the best I can do to add value to anyone's life or in mm. any shape or form who connects with us because I think it's really important that we build that connectivity in our community. Definitely. Well, listen, mm. thank you so much, Larissa, for coming on the show. I really, really enjoyed talking with you today and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to our channel and follow us on Instagram, wild underscore education. Thanks again and talk soon.